Welcome to C3 Church Tabra. You're about to hear a message from our senior pastor, Bill Oldfield. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. days to be alive, great days to be in church. Uh, I did put up on Instagram, you can follow me on Instagram, uh, picture here, the question is not, does God speak? The question is, are you listening? Does it say that? And uh, then I wrote something a bit bolder than what I usually play, uh, put on there, I'm usually quite congenial. But this time I just couldn't help myself. And I think, I think this is where the church is going to get more real for the climate of the ages, that we need to be a little bit more real of what's happening on the planet. So I said something like this on my Instagram. Faith, hope and love is what the world needs now. Plenty of last day's drama to report. Need to balance it up with hope in the promises of God. Biblical prophetic calendar coming to pass as we speak. No more hiding in Pleasantsville mentality. So do you, know, do you understand when I say Pleasantsville? Do you know what that means, Pleasantsville? Who's ever seen the movie of, um, it's a bit of a cult uh, movie, not many people know about it, but um, yeah, it's, it's about the 50s, it's about living in the 50s when after the war, everyone was so shook up and shattered and, and they just wanted to turn their back absolutely on that mess. And so we went into the 50s with everyone being on their best behaviour. We dressed accordingly, we lived accordingly, dad went to work, mum was at home baking scones and um, everything seemingly was in order and everything was nice and uh, it's a little bit like the Truman Show, you know what I mean? Dad going to work <laughs> and um, mum, mum's there in the apron when you come home and uh, there's the kids eventually, there's a nice little family eventually, picket fence, uh, you know, everything seemingly nice. Um, but as that movie depicts, things weren't quite as nice as what we thought they were. And uh, so Pleasantsville is a little bit of terminology in saying that even Aussies, I believe, have run the risk of thinking that everything's fine. Oh. Julie was at a gathering yesterday, a lady said, well, as long as it doesn't come here, you know, and Julie said, well, it actually is here, you know, and she quoted some events that she knew of, of uh, things that were lending to the fact that it is here. It's it lapped up on our shores. Uh, when the towers went down, especially, the nation has never been the same. The psyche of the Aussies has never been the same. And, but it is here. And uh, we, we got to sniff the roses, uh, wake up, and seek God while he may be found. And I think I did say something like that to that effect, that he is the way, the truth, the life. Uh, time to find refuge in the love of God. Jesus told him, this is a scripture, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And then I said, uh, bring your family, your neighbor, your friend to church, and let them hear the hope of the world. And uh, then I said something, hashtag see you in church. See you in church. So uh, these are days to believe that. So we, we're... Um, We've been talking about uh, the breakthrough message, and funny enough, 
man, we've been on this for about four or five weeks now, but I can't let it go. And, and the Lord's been telling me to speak victory over the people, to speak faith over the people. Like I could, man, we could preach. And over the years, we've preached out some outstanding messages, uh, you know, deep revelation, prophetic truths, present truths, as they call them, you know, stuff to really for the, for the you know, the, the, the mature Christian would just love it. But I just think for everyone, we need victory spoken over us. Even some of the best of us are a little bit shattered with some of the Im- images on Facebook. Uh, Julie was telling me some of those images of, of you know, I, don't, I said I don't even want to see them. I don't even want to see them. Um, some people like to, you know, see. And, and, uh, but, uh, uh, you know, just be careful of what you take in. You know, if it says graphic image, you know, man taken by shark and you see your body halfway down his throat, I don't know how that gratifies you or why you want to see that. But, yes, yeah, some are chuckling and, you know, but um, just, just be careful what you take in, you know, because if you're not taking in enough God and you've got to answer this to yourself, you know, are you reading your Bible? Are you praying? Are you living in faith? Are you living by faith or are you living by circumstances? I'm going to just preach a, a message about Abraham. He wasn't moved by circumstances. He wasn't moved by the fact that Sarah's womb, she was 90-odd years of age. He was near 100. He was near as good as dead. And she was just over the hill. And, and, and God gives them a promise, you're going to have a child? And Abraham says, yeah, I'm up for that. We're up for that. Yeah, yeah. He, he didn't look at the circumstances. You know, I think these are the days not to look at the circumstances uh, of a lot of stuff, and I want to just sort of share about that. And uh, we can be looking at the circumstances of the world, amen, and go, oh my God, you know, this, is, this ain't looking good. Well, you know, what's he say, having family? I mean, traveling with this guy 25 years ago in the car, uh, going down the, the M1, we call it now, don't we? And, and he was, uh, anyway, he was another persuasion of faith, maybe the Jehovah Witnesses, I'm not sure, but he had a uh, fatalistic point of view about the end times, and it sounded like it was going to be next week, in fact. So that's back in 88, 89, I'm, I guess I'm talking about. And, he, and I said, you got superannuation? It's awesome, super with this company. He said, oh, no, I don't do super. He said, yeah, but forget that, Jesus is coming back. You know, the end of the world, the end of the world, the, the end is nigh, you know. I said, wow, pretty good super, but And because, uh, you know, that particular company had the best super in, in the nation almost. And, I, and then he said to tell me about his view. And, uh, and I said, wow, that doesn't sound real good for the outlook of your family, your kids. And so, you know, h- how do you live life like that? And he said, oh, no, no, we, we, you know, we don't celebrate birthdays. And anyway, forget that. And <laughs> anyway, we had some fun on those car trips. And because uh, my view is hope in the future. You know, until he comes back, live like there's... You know, live like, not there's no tomorrow, but there's lots of tomorrows. Yeah, I nearly fell into that, didn't I? I had to, whoop, that's the wrong thing to say. Now, that was the 70s version of Pastor Phil. Oh, there's so many conspiracy theories around. We were reading books, and uh, praise God, one of those books was uh, The Cosmic Conspiracy, and it did... Have a lot of fanciful stuff, uh, flying saucers and stuff. Anyway, and uh, at the end of it, it, said Jesus is the way, the truth, the life. Thank goodness for that. And I, I basically got saved out of that. So, um, but for me, I, I just God's been telling me, 
we've been preaching a theme about breakthrough and, and the Lord's been speaking to me. He's saying, just, just keep preaching over them victory and faith. Keep preaching over them victory and faith. They need to hear it. So this message is called, give it up for the podcasters. Uh, it's, it's part of the breakthrough message. Consider God, not circumstances. And I talked about it just takes one touch of God's favor. And this is where we need to get in agreement with God, that God can bless you with explosive blessings and propel you into a future. I preach one message called further, further and faster. And he just one touch of his glory. And it says in uh, 2 Peter 3, 8, it says, do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years are like a day. So, you know, like he can make all the blessings that were supposed to be your ancestors, but supposed to be yours, he can make them happen in a day, amen? If you stay in faith, amen? So we need to dare to believe this. We need to say, God, I'm asking you to give me the blessings that my ancestors missed out on, amen? Every family has blessings and inheritance, and we could talk about that, and I've preached a whole series on that, that there's physical and spiritual inheritance that you have that you need to claim, and we look back on the Israelites traveling through the wilderness, going for the promised land. The promised land is where they were supposed to live, and it was a little bit by little bit taking out the enemy. They were learning how to fight. They were learning how to become a nation, and they were learning how to... Uh, to be intimate with God, how to commune with Him, and uh, how to be His friend. And uh, that's a whole lesson in that. And um, I, I think this message is very much about unshakable faith. Let's, let's talk about this unshakable faith. So when God puts a promise in your heart, and you come to a place that you've got to believe that promise, and uh, where nobody can talk you out of it. I, I remember, you know, back in the early days... Um, say 16 years ago, we've been going 18 years now as a church, 16 years ago, I think it was maybe about around that time, and one of the sincere ladies, as we were in the school hall, so one primary school hall, high school hall, we're in the high school hall, that's right, and, and a dear lady came up to, to me, and prophetic lady too, very prayerful lady, and she wanted to see me, have a special meeting with me, sat down in my house, and uh, we got a got through the pleasantries, and she said, no, I really heard from the Lord, and uh, this going for this land, it's going to be our downfall, and uh, we, we shouldn't do that, we should just go for God, just go for God, and, uh, and she extrapolated on that somewhat, and uh, for about 10 minutes, I'm looking at her, looking into her eyes, wanting to sincerely believe any one of you people that would come to me and say, look, you know, I really want to believe what you're saying, but, and I remember saying that, look, I, you know, I sincerely listened to her, and uh, for about 10 minutes, and then, <laughs> and she's crying now, and she's crying, and, uh, and I'm, I'm looking at Jules, I'm looking at her, and I'm going, whoa, you know, basically, this is from buying this land as a church, and, uh, and I said, she's finished with a few little sniffles and that, and I said, to Jules, I said to her, I said, well, until God says otherwise, I'm going to persist and continue to go for this. I couldn't help it, but say that. I just had to con contradict exactly what she was trying to tell me. And I said, no, until God says otherwise, and uh, we're going to persist and go for this land, and I believe it's from God. And so then I had to, you know, really get with God again and 
really uh, sought him out and pray and, you know, I remembered, dropped the kids off at an excursion and, and, I, and the Lord said, well, you know, let me meet with you and I met down here in the mist. This place gets very misty in the morning and I met, I stood on the land, there's nothing here, it's just the stables and two horses and rickety old fences and nothing here, we didn't own it then. And I stood on the land, I said, God, is it you? Do you really want us to have this land? I'm open, Lord God, I'm open. Am I being presumptuous or is this faith? Help me, help me, help me, help me, pray, pray, pray for about 20 minutes like that and bang, just dropped in my spirit. And he said, no, it's me. Continue, continue the journey. And, uh, and, and that was basically what I had to do, where it was basically just only a few of us that believed that what this promise meant to us was of God. And that's what it's like for you when you've got stuff happening in your life, where, where you just gotta, you got to sort God yourself, and it's good to listen to people too, but because you do, you need to, out of the counsel of many, you get wisdom. You know, even the medical report uh, may seem impossible. Uh, you know, there's no way you'll get well and, you know, it may seem like you'll never get out of debt and, you know, if you look at the circumstances around that and, and then it seems like, you know, your dreams won't come to pass and I was thinking, I still haven't uh, been able to secure my, my own uh, cologne fragrance yet and I'm, you know, <laughs> mid-50s but, you know, Colonel Sanders, he was apparently 65 when he started you know, Kentucky Fried, so I'm not giving up yet. I'm not giving up yet. So your dreams, uh, you've not met the right person, single pe- person, uh, you're believing for your family to be restored. Um, but deep down, you've got to have this confidence and, and you've got to know that God is still for you, with you. And uh, he, he, you know, if God is for you, what can be against you? And that's how really I had this resolve in my spirit that he was bigger than any of the obstacles that we faced that he was already working behind the scenes, that he was making a way for C3 Tugra to secure this land. And it was something I couldn't explain uh, a lot of the times. And, and then there was this whole threat of being discouraged. It's taking too long. And there were setbacks. And, you know, but God gave me this unshakable faith. I don't know what it was. It was a bit like um, the Apostle Paul. He'd made up his mind and he said in, in the Acts, uh, the book of Acts 20, verse 24, he said, none of these things move me, the scripture says. None of these negative reports move me. He actually says this in scripture, in Acts 20, 24, none of these things move me. Uh, I, and he said, look, whatever circumstance, whatever impossibilities, whatever is, uh, people are saying, whatever is negative, any of those connotations, I must persist. So his attitude was, it doesn't change my mind. I'm not moved by what I see. I'm, not, I'm moved by what I know. And for myself, speaking as a testimonial uh, value, speaking from my experience in securing the promises of God for my life, the, my, our doctor said Julie couldn't have children, where we st- stood on the promises of God, and bang, Julie comes along. Isn't that awesome? She's up there worship, you know. The doctor said that little bit of finger she had cut off and told the story. I won't explain it. It's horrible. And the doctor said, no, that's, we're going to leave that off. I said, no, it's going back on. Please, sew it back on. And the one doctor said, no, we just leave it off. It'll go black anyway. Forget it. And I said, no, it's going back on. I've been on my knees and I've sought the Lord all night while she was in hospital with a bandage on it. And the, you know, the specialist came in and the specialist said, no, that, that'll go back on. We'll sew that back on. It's already taking anyway, the blood, you know. 
And so sometimes you've got to hear from God and believe that, you know, it's like, Julie, I'm single and I'm traveling back down from building dams and weirs. And, and I said, I'm over the single life, God. I'm mid-20s now. I'm over this. So, Lord, if there's a good wife out there for me, please, I'm open now. I'm open. And uh, bang, a week later, Julie appears, you know. And um, you just got to know that you know. It's not by your circumstances that if you went by your circumstances, you'd think nothing's going to happen. And I know if God is for me, who can be against me? I love that scripture. I know his promises are yes and amen. And I know God has the final say. Your attitude should be, I'm not moved by what the medical report says. I respect and honor the medical report, but I know God can heal me. I know God made my body. Doctors can treat me, but God can heal me. Amen? I'm not moved by the economy being up or down, by the stock market or by my job situation because I know, amen, God supplies all my needs, amen. He's promised to prosper me even in a recession, even in a desert of a place. A parent's unshakable attitude might be, I'm not moved by my children that are not acting the way they should be, amen. This is probably talking about teenagers that go off the rails, they're not stressed out by the fact that they're you know, out there a little bit, but they know a matter of time they're going to come back. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord, amen? So as you stand on these promises, the single person, I'm not moved by the fact that I haven't met the right person right now, but I know that God's hand picked that somebody, that perfect person is out there, you have ordained that perfect person, thank you Lord for Julie, and they will come across my path, I am fully persuaded that person is in my future. Can you say amen to that, single people, amen? That's unshakable faith, that's faith that's not moved by circumstances, you're not up because things are going well, and then, you know, then things are going bad, then you go down. You're just unshakable. You're just, just rock steady. You're living in peace. You're not upset. You're not frustrated. You're not discouraged. You're just persisting and pursuing. You know God's on the throne. You know he's behind the scenes. You know he's doing something marvelous. You're living your life with passion and expectancy. No matter what you see on Facebook, no matter what you see as the circumstance of life around you, you persist with passion. You, and if you're not getting up in the morning with passion and expectancy, with a future and a hope, something's wrong. Go back to the Bible, seek the Lord, and find that faith in him again. Abraham did just that. He had that promise, didn't he? You're going to have a child. In the natural, childbirth was impossible. Abraham and his wife, Sarah, were nearly 100 years of age. Amen? That would be like Pastor Phil and Julie having another child almost. Romans 4.20, 20, 21. Could happen. Romans 4.20. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God. Verse 21, being fully persuaded, say this, fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised. How could Abraham be fully persuaded, have unwavering faith, and not be affected by the natural circumstances around his life? 
Just, we need to ask ourselves that and say, how? How was that possible? What was his secret? Romans 4.19 says, without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead since he was about 100 years old and that Sarah's womb was also near dead, or was dead. So the, what was the key to this unshakable faith? It was this, that he didn't consider his circumstances, he considered God. And I think we need to consider God more, guys. There's many circumstances we can look upon on Facebook, world news, and oh, consider this. Have you seen this circumstance? Check this out. Oh, I just found another circumstance. Check this out. Uh, people are trying to show me stuff on Facebook all the time. Have you seen this? Uh, is it circumstance? Yeah, look, uh, man, I need to consider God more. I, can, I need to consider the Lord God more than what, than what you're trying to show me. Your circumstances like Sarah's womb may look barren. Your financial situation might look bleak. The medical report might look hopeless. But you know what? God is able. God can break through. God can, but you've got to stay out of the negative zone. Once you start going down that negative road and focusing on the circumstances, and you draw negativity to you. Do you know that? Once you start looking at the negative you know, stuff, the circumstance, seemingly the negative starts, gets drawn to you. It's not a good day. Amen. We need to be like Abraham. God is bigger than any problem that is about us. God, you know God. Our God, who spoke the world into existence, flung the stars into the sky. That's our God. He's in control. He's awesome. And when you focus on God, those circumstances grow strangely dim. It's a beautiful thing. It's an amazing thing when you have this faith that believes, God, you can intervene. You can bless. You can remedy the problem. You can intervene on this situation. This is a fantastic style of life. This is a wonderful way of life. God, this doesn't look good. I'm not going to get into uni. This doesn't look good. I can't get that job. It doesn't look good. I'm not the best candidate for that job or the best candidate for the breakthrough. But you know what? When you look at God and when you consider Him, He can come rushing in and like a Baal Parazam, the God of the breakthrough, He comes in and He does something marvelous. Be careful how many circumstances of this present world you're looking at. God's got a plan. It may look impossible, but God can make a way. Business may be slow. The economy may be down, but God says he will prosper you even in the desert. Your bank account may say you will not make the mortgage payment, but God says he will supply all your needs. It may not seem like you never will get out of debt, but God says you will lend and not borrow. The medical report may say your only option is to live with that sickness, but when you consider God, he says, I'll restore health unto you. Jeremiah 30, verse 17, but I'll restore you to health and heal your wounds, declares the Lord. Do you believe in such promises like that? Are you considering, I'll ask you, are you just considering the circumstances or are you considering your God? He is called the great I am. He's saying, I'm everything you need. If you're sick, I'm your healer. If you're struggling, I'm your provider. If you're worried, I'm your peace. If you're lonely, I'm your friend. If you're in trouble, I'm your deliverer. If you need a break, I am your favor. Conclusion, when you consider God, 
God can break through and do amazing things for you. God is in, tr- in control of the whole universe. We're, we're in his hand. No one can snatch us out of his hand. He knows us with his favor on us, with his blessings on us. We can live in an extraordinary life. Genesis 18, 14. Is anything too hard for you, Lord? Is anything? And we spend time analyzing, analyzing the situation. We did this with our church when we finally got the land. That was one hurdle. But then we thought, my God, we need to build a building, a million dollars worth of facility. Uh, we, we realized, dear God, when we consider the, the circumstances that we're faced with, with the, and we had some very clever people giving us graphs and, and projections and figures, and they'd done the numbers, numbers, and virtually this was an impossible feat for C3 Tugger to, to get a building out of the ground. We were meeting in a tent, five years in a tent. Who did the tent days with us? Pulling equipment in, setting it all up, worship God, worship God, preach, 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 pulling it all down, do it again every Sunday for five years. It's not for the feeble or the weak or the people looking at the circumstance. Someone said, I love this church, but it's the flapping of the, of the tent walls. It just bothers me. Another person said, I love this church, but the horse, you know, when that horse came in, it really freaked my wife out. I, I don't think we'll be able to come back. <laughs> the horse with a big halo of flies around it. <laughs> Someone said, I love this church, but it's too cold in winter. No matter how many heaters we put in there, and then to the point where we put two supersonic heaters on either end of the tent, these industrial heaters, and everyone, everyone, I was wondering, gee, this is a terrible sermon. Everyone's fallen asleep. There was so much carbon monoxide in the thing. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, we did this analysis on our finances, and it didn't look great, and then we started to ponder on that, and it looked even more doom and gloom, and then God challenged me, and he said, you need to consider me now. You need to refocus on me, and I did. I started to look at him. I said, Lord God, you, 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 you separate the waters for Moses. You stopped the sun for Joshua. Man, you, you, you prevented Daniel being eaten by the lions. You turned the water into wine, and as we started to look like that to the Lord, we could see a way through for this church to have its own place, its own building. It took faith. If we looked at the circumstance and looked at the charts and looked at the incoming and the outgoing and we're, oh, it's dismal, forget it. Stay in the tent. Stay in the tent, Gail. No, no. we got to go forward. So what's this message about? It's going forward. It's breaking through, not being constant constrained by your circumstance of life. It's looking to God and his promises and believing in him. That's the story of this great church. Philippians 1.6 says, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. He began a good work in the school hall in Cutler Drive and it continued into the Wyoming High School that was great, but it what didn't stop there, Lisa. It, it, we ended up on 11 acres with no building, one stable. I'll come to our church. What do you got there? Nice building? No, just one stable. 
one stable and a tent. I mean, it was very hard. We had nice people turning up, like Pat. Uh, very, very classy people turning up and they go, oh my God, they're meeting in a tent. So those people actually went down the road into a rented facility and, and those churches are still in rented facilities, but we're here because we bit the bullet. We went by faith and said, God, we believe we deserve to be the head, not the tail. Amen? So that's our story. Lord, you said your surpassing greatness of your power would avail. And Ephesians 1.19 says, and his incomparable great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength. We've seen that. Another version says, exceeding greatness. King James Version says, the NASB says, surpassing greatness. You said, Lord, you would supply all our needs. Philippians 4.19, and my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. So when we changed our focus and started to look to God, all of a sudden, doubt started to dissipate, negativity dissipated, and what happened in our board meetings? What happened in our church? Faith rose up, expectancy rose up, hope rose up. We became fully persuaded like Abraham. We knew God would get us through this difficulty of seeing and knowing that our circumstance wasn't ideal to do what we were asked to do. We knew with God it is possible, amen? So that's our story as C3 Church Tugra, I guess, believed in God more so than its circumstances. We're living the dream. We believed in the dream, but we're actually living in it now. You're sitting in it. You're sitting in the dream. We had a dream. Now we're in it. So important to know what you're focusing on. It's like people's faith is in reverse. They look upon all the negative stuff. I've got faith for that negative report. I've got faith for that bad circumstance. I've got faith for that. No, your faith is supposed to be towards God and all his promises and what he's trying to say. So be careful you don't put your faith in reverse and start pondering on all the negative stuff. Amen? Time to consider God. Um, let's quote a scripture, 2 Corinthians 2.14. talks about God, again, that if we thank him and know that he's working and know that he's for us, he's in complete control, Stop overanalyzing the bad situations. Spend your time meditating on the scriptures and God and start celebrating him. You can believe in scriptures like this. 2 Corinthians 2.14. Now thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ and maketh manifest the Savior of his knowledge for us who believe. I can do all things through Christ. Philippians 4.13. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. I am strong in the Lord, Ephesians 6.10, finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Joel 3.10, I love this, let the weak say I am strong. Deuteronomy 31.6 says, be strong and courageous, do not be afraid or terrified because of them, all this nonsense that's happening in the nations, for the Lord your God goes with you, he will never leave you nor forsake you. Lord, thank you that you're for us, you're with us. Lord, you go before us. You're working behind the scenes. No problem is big enough, Lord God. Lord, with faith, we are fully persuaded you can do what you have called us to do. Love this story, just quick story. One time Jesus was on his way to pray for a sick girl in a nearby town. On the way he stopped, and scriptures in Mark 5.35, haven't got time to go there, but it's about Jairus, he's a synagogue uh, ruler. He's got a daughter 
already the message has been given to Jesus, could you come and pray for our daughter? He gets interrupted on his journey. Jesus gets interrupted this way, that way. Someone comes to him and says, tell Jesus he doesn't need to come. It's too late. She has died. Jesus, the scriptures actually say Jesus overheard that report and he ignored it. Mark 5.36 says, overhearing, another version says, ignoring what they said, Jesus told them, don't be afraid, just believe. So Jesus trying to get to that sick girl, report comes in, he hears it in a distance, oh, just tell Jesus not even bother, the girl's dead, just carry on with what he's doing. Jesus hears that, but he ignores that bad report. Sometimes you've got to ignore the bad report. Sometimes you've got to ignore, you, you, you take it on, the, 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 the report from the doctor or the, the financial report, you take it on, but sometimes you've got to ignore all the other stuff that goes with it, the debating it and the pondering it and the focusing on it. And Let's talk about that negative report again. Did you really see this, Bill? Did you really see this medical report? Did you really see it? Let's have another. But Jesus said, Scripture says he ignored that negative report. He didn't want to go, oh, tell me, did I just hear something? Did you say that the girl's dead? Jesus heard it. He pursued, persisted. Finally got to the girl. Kept everyone outside who was unbelieving. Went in with his chosen disciples, laid hands on that girl. Girl was raised to life, amen? Jesus finds a boat on the side of the lake. He wants to, fishermen have just come in, hard nights fishing, caught nothing. Jesus said, look, do you mind if I could use the boats? Uh, one of the boats, just I need to teach. And so Jesus would go out off the shore. The boat was alone doing the, went off the shore and stood in the boat and began to teach and preach. And he came back and said, you know what? Why don't you send your boats back out? Um, you might catch something. Uh, Jesus, look, we thank you for your advice, but we're the professionals. We, we got the, you know, we we've been out all night. You're just a teacher. We respect you, but you don't understand. We've been out a couple of nights, in fact, and caught nothing. And uh, we, we, we thank you for your advice, but please, uh, we know better. We're the professionals. This is what we do for a living. But, but Jesus, because you said so, according to your word, we'll go out. They go out, throw their nets into the deep. <sighs> nets are filled. They need more boats to capture. See, God's in control of the fish. Man, even if there wasn't no fish there last night or the day before or last week, if Jesus said there's fish out there, there's fish out there. It's time to throw the nets out, guys. Go for your dreams. It's time to throw the nets. If Jesus is saying to you, time to go for that house, time to go for that breakthrough, time to go for that, that better life, time to go for that dream that you had, time to go for that. Let's all stand. God bless you. Father in heaven, according to your word, Lord, angel visited Mary. Angel visited Mary. He said, you're going to have a child. How can I have a child? No, I haven't even been with a man. No, this is beyond. See, God doesn't need a man to bless you. God doesn't need a man to bless you, church. God can get to you. God, God
God doesn't need a bank to bless you. God doesn't need a doctor to bless you with health. God doesn't need normal circumstance of man to, to bless you. God's a supernatural God. He works. And I think there's something much more deeper in this. And Mary was awesome. What a great response. According to your word, Lord, be it unto me as you will. And that's basically what I had to say to the Lord. Lord, you want, you want us to have a church? You want us to have a, a building, a warm building, a, a place where we can come and sing your praises and preach the gospel? And you want us to do that? But, but Lord, the circumstances, forget that. I don't, I don't, I'm not interested in that. I want you to focus on me. I want you to be like Abraham. I want you to consider me and have unwavering faith. I want you to consider the Lord God, the King of glory, the Prince of peace. He's the one that you need to consider, not your circumstance. People have considered their circumstance enough. Some people camp around that thing and ponder it and take it to bed with them and they live it and they breathe that circumstance and that's gonna get you down, friend. You need to consider God. You need, you need to consider the promises of God. You need to kneel on those promises. You need to stand on those promises. You need to believe in what God says about your life, not what your circumstances says. And as you begin to elevate yourself out of the circumstance of life, you will look down upon yourself. And as that Keith Green, um, Keith Green song went, you'll look down and your circumstances will grow strangely dim as you look to the Lord our God. Amen? Amen? So Lord, we look to You. We see all the world news. We see the calamity. We see, Lord, horrendous images of the enemy, of the devil. But Lord God, we look to You. We look to You and we know Your Word will come to pass. You win. You win. You're in control. What You've said over my life, what You said that I will be, what You started, You will fulfill it. My God, I surrender to You and this great hope. Let's close our eyes just for a moment and say, God, Forgive me for pondering negative circumstance too often. Forgive me, Lord God, of listening to negative reports too often. Dear God in heaven, anoint me. Anoint me with a new day of understanding that you're in control, you're on the throne, you're the king, you make a way. Even in the desert, even in troubled times, you make a way for me to worship you and to seek you and to find you in that day. We hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3talgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon.